Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. Like so many other churches and houses of worship across the world, we've decided to take our weekly service online to comply with various social distancing efforts and stay-at-home orders in light of the recent coronavirus pandemic. Our stream goes live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Be sure to check it out on our website at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. We'd love to have you join us online. Enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, CVC, and uh, you know, friends from beyond, too. I have uh, heard that there are some of you out there who are uh, watching, listening to us, that aren't uh, local here, not part of our, our regular weekly congregation. So bless you guys. Thanks for uh, joining in. So good to be able to share with you. Uh, I want to talk about prayer for a minute. You know, even in the uh, midst of a pandemic, uh, you know, prayer goes on. Prayer doesn't stop. And we have multiple uh, opportunities for prayer every week uh, here at CVC. So I, I just wanted to mention those to you really quick. First of all, uh, we do have a, uh, an email prayer line, prayer at portlandvineyard.org. And if you have a prayer request, and I've said this before, but it doesn't have to be, you know, earth shattering, anything at all. Just you want somebody to pray with you. Uh, go ahead and send those in to prayer at portlandvineyard.org. That comes directly to me. And then I send that out. We have a team of people. There's about 20 or 25 people on our prayer team. Uh, it goes out to them and they pray. So if you have prayer requests, please send those in to, you, to us and we would love to, to pray with you. Second thing is we do have an opportunity for personal prayer uh, after our Sunday service. So if you do log on to our Sunday service and you want to join us, there is a Zoom link uh, that you get through my newsletter uh, and that follows. You can then uh, log off. Facebook for the service and jump on Zoom and you can join us for prayer there. And that's always an opportunity, to, you know, for somebody to pray with you or we have small groups that pray. Third thing is this, and I wanted to mention this, um, that our Tuesday morning prayer time has resumed meeting live. So for the last couple of Tuesdays, uh, we, we were doing Zoom meetings uh, for prayer as well, but we've come back together. There's only a few of us there, so we're able to meet in a uh, fairly small area and still maintain some social distance there. If you would be interested in joining us, uh, prayer is every Tuesday morning, 7 a.m., up at our office building, which for those of you that aren't aware, the office is the little house in the back parking lot behind the church. So uh, prayer uh, Sunday mornings, uh, you're welcome to join us for that. And, and that leads me to the next thing I want to share with you today is that we uh, we still don't know how long it's going to be until we can resume uh, meeting for worship on Sundays, but we are going to begin to roll out some of our small groups again. So the prayer group is already meeting. One of our small groups is meeting. The other small group is going to start this week, uh, and then we're going to add over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to reintegrate our men's breakfast once a month and a couple other small group meetings through the week. Uh, those, again, are uh, usually less than 10 people, and they're in locations that are either outdoors or where it's fairly easy to keep some distance. So uh, at least that way we'll get some connection with one another. So keep an eye on our Instagram feed, our Facebook feed, uh, my weekly newsletter, as well as here on Sundays, and we will update you on those things. And then finally, last thing I wanted to just say uh, again is thank you guys so much uh, for your giving. It's been so consistent, and it's really just such a blessing uh, for Donna and I and for the leadership of our church to be able to take care of things and have uh, the bills paid and all that during this time, and you guys have been just awesome, so thank you for that. 
So uh, this morning I want to continue our little survey of the parables. Jesus uh, told over 30 distinct parables. You know, in the different Gospels, some overlap and some don't. But if you add them up, I think there's 33 or 34 different parables. These are little stories that Jesus used to communicate truth. Uh, There was a point. There's something that he wanted to communicate to an audience, and so he would tell these little stories, these parables, to communicate that. Today we're going to talk about the parable of the wheat and the weeds, which is found in Matthew chapter 13. And uh, we're going to look at this parable and try to answer the question, what's going on in the world? I don't know if any of you have asked that question lately. I know I have. Uh, by all accounts, and again, it's become a, a rolling meme and a rolling joke, but uh, the first half of 2020 has been one of the strangest, uh, craziest, and frankly, most difficult and in some ways painful times in modern history. We are living in the midst of a global pandemic. And whether or not that's affected you directly, globally, worldwide, in the last four and a half months, uh, over 500,000, half a million people have died from COVID-19. And what that says to me is that there are several million people who have been left in grief and mourning, the loss of a loved one. And and that's a a tough thing. Um, On top of that, as if that's not enough, uh, we have here in our country, and it's really spread beyond our nation, but we've, we've, we've been in the midst of some social and racial and political unrest over the last uh, few weeks and months. And connected to that, of course, is has been a significant amount of protesting. Sometimes that protesting turns into rioting and, and all that goes with that. So that's been happening. Um, in addition to that, our, our normal lives have been disrupted. The pandemic has, has led to the cancellation of the Summer Olympic Games, which I don't know about you, I love the Olympics, I look forward to them, and the Olympics are canceled, major sports have been canceled, and now some are coming back, but that's been kind of crazy. Uh, I love the, the summer outdoor concert season, Donna and I had tickets to a couple concerts this summer, canceled. Uh, on top of that, um, you know, our president has been impeached and then acquitted of that. Uh, that's kind of weird. Um, there have been the tragic deaths of a number of celebrities. I mean, most notably Kobe Bryant, I, I suppose, but um, the Broadway star Nick Cordero died of COVID-19. And then just last week, uh, this actress, Naya Rivera, uh, I never saw Glee, but I, I read the things about her and I, it was sad. It, it's sad. All, there's a lot going on. Uh, in the midst of all that, you know, I read the other day there there saw a news report about swarms of locusts uh, kicking up dust storms across Africa, which is crazy enough in its own right. But here in the United States, we we have the invasion of murder hornets, uh, which look if could this year get any weirder? I mean, I don't know. I'm 62 years old. Uh, I've never heard of a murder hornet, and now they're invading. Uh, you know, lions and tigers and murder hornets. Oh my! So. Look, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you have to ask the question, what's going on in the world? Really, what, what is happening? So uh, I want to read uh, Matthew 13, uh, 24 to 30 together. First, let's pray, and then we'll look at the text, and we'll see if we can figure out uh, what really is going on in the world. Father, thanks so much. Uh, 
even at times like this, uh, you are good. And if everything around us in the world is crazy and upside down and sideways, you are consistent. You're the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and throughout eternity. And we are so, so thankful that you are that rock that we can hold on to. You are that anchor in times of trouble. You, you are the consistent factor in our lives, regardless of everything else going on. So we just look to you. We look to your word today. We say thank you, bless you, in your name, amen. All right, Matthew 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So here, uh, Jesus compares... The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, those terms are synonymous in, in the New Testament. Uh, the kingdom of God with a farmer sowing seed in a field. And what he's saying in this parable, in effect, is that this is how life works. The farmer is good and he sows good seed and yet weeds still grow. Uh, you know, uh, we have a little garden at home. It's not a farm. It's just a garden. But I built a couple of uh, raised beds for Donna, and uh, I went to a local supplier and got some garden soil. And what they, what they tell you when you buy this soil is that it is 99.9% weed-free. There's no weeds in the soil. So, built the beds, we put the soil in the beds, Donna got some seeds and she got some uh, little seedlings and she planted vegetables and herbs. It's wonderful. And guess what's growing in the middle of our garden? Weeds. 99.9% .9 weed free, but the weeds still grow. There they are. Taking up space, they're crowding out my veggies, they're you know, sucking up moisture, sucking up nutrients from the soil. Weeds are growing in the garden. In the garden, the servant says, do you want me to go pull them up? And the farmer responds, you know, let them grow until the harvest. And his reason is that they, uh, you might accidentally, by trying to pull weeds, pull the weed instead. I don't know if you've ever done that. I've done that. been trying to pull weeds in the garden. Oh, that wasn't a weed. That was a plant. But uh, it's an interesting comment for Jesus to make here because... Things aren't always as they seem. And I, th this one little uh, phrase in, in the passage really struck me this week. I, I really think it's a point of prayer for us, something to, to challenge us to pray and to think and to ask this question. We, we look around us and ask, are, are there good things happening in the midst of all the craziness? Are there good things that I can put my hand to right now? Are there good things that I can bring encouragement in life to in the midst of all this? And I don't want to pull those things up with all the bad. So I would just encourage you to maybe pray about that and to consider what things might you be able to put your hand to. The farmer says, no, let the weeds and wheat grow together because we don't want to pull up the good when we're trying to pull up the bad. 
So uh, just uh, keep that in mind. I, I also want to mention, just in terms of a little sort of you know, Bible study here, that uh, this passage is what we call descriptive rather than prescriptive. There's prescriptive scripture, which tells us how to live and what to do. There's descriptive scripture, which defines the way life is for us and gives us insight into how to walk that out. And that's really what Jesus is doing here. This passage is descriptive. He's telling us how things are. He's not necessarily saying, that we should ignore the weeds in our life or in our garden or in society. Much of Jesus' ministry was focused on pulling weeds. Um, His point here, uh, that's not the point of the text. The point of the text is that the farmer is a good farmer and the seed he sows is good seed. That's the point of the text. But, But within that, there are other things happening. There are other things going on. And he tells his servant, an enemy did this. Uh, The reality of our life is simply this, that we have an enemy. And whether you call that enemy the devil, Satan, uh, the the accuser, uh, Ephesians talks about principalities and powers, and there really is a, a, a hierarchy, a structure of evil in the world that's very, very real. Um... And, and let me say that it's, it's not an all or nothing thing. I mean, we, we think in terms of whenever you, we talk about that sort of realm, we talk about, you know, demon possession. Someone is possessed, which denotes ownership. But it's not really like that all the time. In, in fact, that's very, very rare. It's really degrees. There's not total control of a person or a situation, but, but degrees of control, sometimes less sometimes more, the enemy can come in, he can influence our thinking, he can influence our behavior, he can influence situations in ways that are really, you know, sometimes very stealthy, very secretive, and we don't notice it's happening until after the fact, and we, we kind of get drawn into that uh, sort of trap, and, and we go, oh man, that wasn't good. Um, but the point is, it's not always easy to distinguish between the two. <clears throat> what we see in the world today uh, is a mixture of both. There's good things happening. There are people, there are ministries, there are secular organizations. I was, today, Oregon Food Bank dropped our, uh, our order of food off for our pantry this week, and organizations like Oregon Food Bank are doing tremendous good in the world today. There's good things happening, but at the same time, mixed in with that, there's discrimination, there's prejudice, there's judgment. And, and th- those two things sometimes overlap, and they get intertwined, and it's hard to determine one from the other because they're all taking place in the Father's field. God doesn't cause those things to happen. He's a good farmer and he sowed good seed. That's clear in the text. Um, But the bad things still exist. The weeds still grow up. There's a uh, a Russian philosopher named uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, I think. Solzhenitsyn. Uh, He said this, the line that separates good and evil passes not through states, not between classes, not between political parties either, but right through the, the middle of every human heart. Even in the best people, there's sometimes some bad, and even in the worst people, there's sometimes some good. And that same thing is true of societies and countries, and it's all intertwined. Creation is a mixed bag, and so the good and the bad are mixed together like the weed, uh, the weeds and the wheat in the story. Colossians uh, chapter 1, Paul says, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, 
whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There's this mixture going on in life, and all of it is going to come under the, the, the presence and the power of God ultimately, but it's not there yet. That process of reconciliation is being worked out all the time in our lives and around us. Jesus is bringing peace into situations where there, aren't, there is no peace right now. Uh, and God is always moving that way. He's always leaning towards, moving towards reconciliation, moving towards peace, moving towards restoration. But there's resistance to that. There's pushback. There, there are things that are not planted by God happening in the midst of God doing good things in the world. The farmer says an enemy did this. And the reality is that sometimes the enemy sneaks in and gets involved in uh, the complexities of life. Romans 8 talks about this. Paul says in Romans 8 that all creation is groaning, waiting for redemption. Uh, people are, are part of that equation. There, there's, there's creation. There's humanity. It's all happening. There's things moving. Uh, and, and in the midst of it, some things are off. Some things are not right. Uh, there's pain and there's, su there's suffering in the midst of that. It's subject to decay, he says. Uh, everything, here's a, everything is dying. Everything is decaying. Uh, that, that's physics, thermodynamics, says that everything is, is, is dying. Uh, scripture and science agree on that point, but they don't agree on, on the reason behind that. Uh, physics would say that death is natural. God says it's not supposed to be that way, uh, that creation is broken. This isn't the way I created it to be this way. It's actually broken. That's, that's why we see Jesus healing blind eyes. Jesus heals twisted limbs. Je Jesus he heals headaches and, and brokenness in the world all around him. Th those were all byproducts of physics. They're all byproducts of, of a decaying world. They're byproducts of a broken world. And, and, and our human body breaks down. And Jesus comes in and brings restoration and life to that. Uh, Jesus never said, this is natural. Uh, this, this is the way things go. Uh, you know, oh, well, you have a blind eye. Oh, well, you have this or that. No, uh, he says an enemy did this. Now, let me just qualify here. I'm not saying that all disease is directly demonic. I am saying that all disease ultimately is a result of living in a fallen world, that ultimately there will be that day when there will be no pain, no suffering, no disease. Uh, but in the interim period, the weed and the wheats live together. We walk that out. We live that out. How did that happen? How did creation get so jacked up? How, how do we live in a world filled with COVID-19? I mean, that's the question right now, right? Uh, the, all this, the, the, this, this craziness is going on in the world. Uh, he, Jesus gives us the answer. An enemy did this. There is a transcendent evil interfering with the good work of the farmer. It's happening all the time. Suffering and evil and violence are all the work of an enemy. I, I hear sometimes people will say, you know, how could God do this? When like a child gets sick or a child dies or some other tragedy, you know, how could God do this? And the reality is God didn't do this. That's not God's plan at all. An enemy did this. An enemy did this. How, how do we live in this world? How do we live in a world of COVID-19? How do we live in a world where there's flesh-eating bacteria? How do we live in a world where their children are starving? How do we live in a world where people are profiting off the sale of other people? Um, we understand that the weeds and the wheat grow together. C.S. Lewis said at every moment, 
Every square inch of the cosmos is claimed by Satan and counterclaimed by God. The, the reality is there's good and bad all around us all the time. Uh, in, in Western culture, I, just a little bit of perspective, we, we tend to see salvation as this human thing. It's like, I'm saved, this personal salvation, but then even it's, it's just people are saved. But the reality is all creation is saved. The fall was cosmic. Everything fell. Creation fell. And, 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 and redemption is also cosmic. Uh, if you, look, if you think someday you're going to go to heaven and float around on a cloud, uh, I've got news for you. Uh, there's going to be a new creation, a new heaven, and a new earth. It's all going to be new. There's going to be so much more to do than that. But it's going to be a heaven and an earth with, without the brokenness, without the fallenness, without the disease, without the sin, without the darkness that we see and walk and live in today right now. All of creation will be made new, a whole new heaven, a whole new earth. And it will be like it's supposed to be, like God created to be, totally 100% weed-free, not 999 100% weed-free, no weeds. Isaiah says, in that day the lion and the lamb will lie down together. A total peace and restoration in the world. The book of Acts says that God is going to redeem all things. It's not just my life and your life or our lives. God's going to redeem all things. The brokenness and the fallenness of the world is going to be redeemed and made right in, in, in the life and the resurrection of Jesus. Today, it's broken. That's what we live in. People are broken. Countries are broken. Creation is broken. But that's not the end of the story. It doesn't end there. So just in conclusion today, I, I, I want to say this, that the gospel is, is reconciliation. Uh, it's the reconciliation of everyone and everything. It's God making all things new. It's God making all things right. Little by little, all the time, the kingdom of God advances. It moves forward, and it moves forward, and, and, and things that are wrong are made right. In light of that, we have to remember that, that we were created in his image, and we are called to be image bearers. We're called to move that way. We're called to walk in reconciliation. We're called to walk in restoration. We're called to walk in redemption and to bring healing and life into any situation and the lives of people around us, anything we can, to extend the kingdom of God to anyone, everyone, everything that we can. Uh, and recognize in the midst of that, okay, here's the thing. In the midst of that, we too are broken. Our lives are broken. In different ways, some of us physically, some of us cognitively, some of us spiritually. But in, in the words of Henry Nouwen, we're to be wounded healers. We can't allow our own brokenness to keep us from entering into the kingdom of God and helping uh, bring life and healing to, into the lives of others. We don't have to get it all together, too. That's part of the process. As, as we bring healing and light and life into the hearts of other people, God restores us from the inside out as well. Uh, so... The bottom line is this, guys. Just understand that, that we, we live in a fallen world. The, the weeds are, are mixed in with the wheat. And our job is to, to, to walk in light, walk in grace, walk in healing, walk, walk in forgiveness and freedom, and extend that into the hearts and lives of others. Uh, God bless you guys. I, I love you a lot. I hope that we're able to be together soon. But until then, uh, keep your eyes open for small group meetings and, and uh, just continue to check, check in with us on Sunday. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers. 
for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you all online next week.